You're listening to Blue Yonder with your hosts, Jim Jones, and introducing Aaron Hubbard. Everybody, welcome to episode sixty-nine of Blue Yonder. My name is Jim Jones. Sixty what? I'm Aaron Hubbard. <laughs> and you can find us at baldmove.com. We are the best podcast on the network. Uh, this week we're the gonna- flagship <laughs> cast of the Bald Move Network. Yes. Uh, and this week we're gonna be talking about the avalanche of hacking that is Lulsec and all that surrounds it. Uh, we're gonna be re- reviewing the movie Super 8. I just saw that. And we're gonna be talking bullshit, as we always do. Really? That's what you call it—a hacking avalanche. The av- yeah, man, it it's has summer. been a nonstop a downpour. We've had, a we, we've had deadly tornadoes. <laughs> you know, we've I'm had, not sensitive we've to had, this stuff. We've I'm had tsunamis this year. The best you can come up with is in, in the dead of summer is avalanche. A hacking I don't know avalanche? anything about natural disasters. I live downtown, man. I was talking with Andrew. That my is friend, a natural disaster. <laughs> that I live downtown. Just downtown itself. No, no. <laughs> Concrete Natural and steel in rural America. Oh, yeah? Well, ask the Native Americans what they think. They love downtown. <laughs> Are you kidding me? They, there's a Native American center right next to my house. That's true. The Idle Jorg. <laughs> right. Oh, actually, I thought you were anyway, making... I thought, no. you were refer, I, I thought you were referring to the Idle Jorg. No, no. I was referring to the casino. Mm. <laughs> no. Jesus Christ. I know. How, how bad can we get right off the bat? Uh, anyway, okay, so we're talking about bullshit, aren't we? Yeah, as we always do. We're already we're hip deep. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, do you want to go first? Because I have one piece of bullshit. Uh, yeah, I'll go first. Uh, okay. Space out my bullshit. Uh, I want to invite everyone to the brouhaha this weekend. We've been pimping this on our cast. I think the whole Blue Yonder crew is going to be down there, uh, past and present, including Peter oh, Streets. Yeah. I think he's going to be down there. Um, if you want to get advanced tickets for twenty five dollars at the uh, if you go to phoenixtheater.org, or if you just search Brouhaha Indianapolis, it's the first link. And if you uh, want to get tickets to meet Peter Street, those are also $25. Yes, yes, and they're sold at the back in the back alley. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it's uh, this Saturday. The weather's supposed to be perfect, 80 degrees, sunny. Uh, it's 3 to 7. Uh, your motto is fear no beer. Um, and they have a bunch of local breweries from Indianapolis and the Midwest, and you can sample over 50 different beers. There's uh, live music, uh, there's food available, uh, portalettes, it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> Always an attraction at these oh, types of yeah. events. Oh, yeah. So I'm kind of looking forward to that, and we're hoping a couple uh, listeners come out and uh, meet and greet. If not, we're still going to be getting drunk. Oh, yeah. Either way. 50 so. beers, yeah. But yeah, the brouhaha. Um, also, I hope you guys got your fucking Gen Con badges last week because Ooh. they are now magically like $15 more expensive and you're stuck waiting in line. I did. Wah, I got mine. Wah. Picked mine up. I picked up one badge. Actually, you still should probably go ahead and get them because picking up from Will Call is a hell of a lot more less painful than waiting in line for the general badges because yeah. uh, the other thing is you might want to check out the event calendar. You know, fuck this. I'm going to wait till Matt, we have Mad Brew back on to talk okay. about this because he knows more about this, the ins and outs of that system than I do. But you should still probably sure. get your badge if you're going to go. 
Because, again, you rather pick it up from Will Call. It's got like a 20-minute line. Then the general line is going to be like two hours on Wednesday night and Thursday morning. Oh, yikes. So, anyway, um, those are the local events or upcoming uh, opportunities to meet us. And you got some bullshit? I have some bullshit. I have some bullshit about a new alloy that they have created. Really? uh, That turns waste heat into electricity. It's uh, it's. Actually, a pretty cool idea. Um, I don't know how you pronounce this. Multiferroic? It's vibranium, right? <laughs> yes. That's the that's the fictional element that uh, they made Captain America's shield out of. Oh. It converts F- kinetic fictional? energy and bullet strikes to like some kind of other energy that's held within the matrix of the shield. It co- converts it directly into muscle. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that, but it supposedly makes the shield harder. So maybe it does. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, yeah, converts it into lead. Yeah, uh, it takes it takes you know every time you punch a shield, it gets harder. That much harder. That's a pretty awesome. After shield. sixty years, it must be like, you know, mega diamond. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, this is not vibranium. This is uh, it's made out of nickel, cobalt, man- manganese, and tin. Um, and basically, what it does is tin, really, and tin, yeah, absolutely. I, oh, <laughs> I think they should put platinum in there. It made it a lot classier. just to make it cool. Yeah, it made a classier yeah. element, yeah, um, classier molecule. But basically, what it does is, in its normal state, um, it is non-magnetic. But when a small amount of heat is applied, it becomes very strongly magnetic. Really, and so they can take this and they can put it around an element, a coil or whatever, and turn it into essentially a generator. How does this not – okay, do they get more energy out of the system than they put out – get out of it? Because that no, seems no, like no, it would no. violate that, – That would, yeah. They – it takes in the heat So you'd have to find a natural – You'd have to find a natural source of heat to mm-hmm. exploit this. Well, any sort of heat that we produce. Like let's say a toaster, the side of a toaster, um, a oh, CPU. So you're saying this is like reclaim waste heat. I- exactly, yeah. Aha. Okay. So this has applications – Everywhere. Not the Yanger. Yeah. In your Yanger, uh, it can generate electricity. Car, in your Yanger, car exhaust. Uh-huh. Yeah. Oh, man, can you imagine, yeah, coating underwear in this stuff? All the heat generated? It's a moist heat, too. That's got to be, like, <laughs> worth twice a dry heat. Oh, my God. You know, walking around August and Gen sure. Con, you got the sure. swamp ass going, but, oh, you know, man. you're powering a little electric fan. That's Nike's blowing. line of sport underwear. Oh. <sighs> God, you can power your iPod under your underwear. underwear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wearable computing, baby. Oh God. But yeah, seriously, wearable computing. Yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Your body puts off tons of heat. Yeah. Like yeah, I think it, Matrix said it's something like you know enough to power a whole Matrix. nightmarish <laughs> version of the future run by robots. So surely it'll <laughs> sure. like keep your iPod going. Okay. That is a nightmarish future run <laughs> by robots. Uh, it can almost power an Android phone. Almost. Almost. Yeah, if you harness all your body heat, you could almost get a full day out of an Android. My Android runs on crotch heat. <laughs> Great. That's a new feature. That's a selling point. Yeah, Google's proud of that. Anyway, so yeah, that that was really cool. Um, they say it could be uh, to market in as soon as a year or two, which those are always way conservative estimates. Oh, sure. Or, or way, way optimistic estimates. Um, so I don't expect this to be on the market anytime soon. I do. I have, I have like super. I'm gonna, you know what? I'm gonna make a, I'm gonna make a prediction. Oh, good, yes. We need no a- freaking way. Is this thing gonna come <laughs> into market even in 20 years? Yeah, this is science right. fiction bullshit technology. It's never gonna see the light of day. Sure, no freaking way. I'm with you 100. <laughs> percent We forgot to do the curse like the last two weeks. <laughs> well, I figured they'll come around. The ball, the ball, the the blue yonder curse. We need to add that to the fact. 
don't Thank think we you. got the blue year. Yeah, the the blue yonder curse. I don't think we have that on the ball, the blue yonder fact. All right, let's put it in there and let's move on to our next bullshit. All right, that's kind of another reminder that we've got a fact on our site. So if you oh, yeah, if you yeah. hear us make an offhand reference like uh, the blue yonder curse and you wonder what the hell are they talking about, go through the fact. If you go to right now, you won't see it because I haven't added it. But hopefully by the <laughs> time you hear this, I will have. Oh, okay, yeah. I don't know what I'm talking about, man. Neither do I. You've this cast us. is on a bad. This we've got off on a bad foot. Uh, Two well, bad feet. Two <laughs> bad left feet. That's pretty bad. I want to. Uh, and this isn't even the place I wanted to be. Um, okay, so the what, bullshit I want to talk about. It's not really bullshit. It's Alan Turing's 99th birthday. Today, bullshit Thursday. <laughs> and Alan Turing, if you don't know, is a noted. They call him uh, a polymath, and all the write-ups I saw today, polymath. which I think that means like you're multi, you're a multi multidisciplinary multidiscipline genius. Oh, I thought he had sex with a bunch of people, <laughs> like a bunch of equations. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wonder what the actual definition is. Yes, a person whose expertise spans a significant number of different subject areas. Okay, so yeah, he's a genius, and he's also the grandfather of modern computing you know mm, forget yes. that babbage shit forget the eniac this guy put it on the map and in fact there's a lot of things like the turing test mm-hmm. which uh is can you tell a computer's responses from a real human's responses named yeah. after alan turing uh most computers described as being turing complete mm-hmm. um describing their capabilities as again named after alan turing and he's kind of a tragic case because in the 50s um he was doing a lot of crypto analysis for the british government and he got outed as a gay man and the british government threw him out of service and made him take be chemically castrated as treatment for his homosexuality and this disturbed him so much that he actually committed suicide by cyanide (laughs) um and in fact it's so horrendous that like in 2009 the british government formally apologized for Uh, their too little too late guys no fucking shit like 40 years too little too late yeah but yeah i just want to give a quick shout out to alan turing the other thing i want to talk uh, another genius um terry pratchett you know who he is Uh, he's a sci-fi writer not not just sci-fi but he's kind of like um comedy with the douglas adams he's very yeah he's got the Discworld series Mm -hmm. um what is it about british funny off science fiction authors that they are like taken from us too early like adams died in his 50s <laughs> pratchett has now got early onset alzheimer's he's 60 years old and he is campaigning because that's um assisted suicide is illegal in the united kingdom just as it is in the united states mm-hmm. and he's going to uh, there's a clinic in switzerland called the dignitas okay. which is an assisted suicide uh, facility where i guess it's legal there and he's filming a documentary uh, because he wants to change the law. He thinks that you, if you want to die, and there should be a careful process behind it, but you should be able to die at your uh, and and with on your own terms, and you shouldn't have to suffer through a horrific wasting disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm finding myself very sympathetic to this viewpoint. Sure, I I don't see any argument against it. What can you? Yes, I can formulate one. a couple of hypotheses that okay. if you put medical profession on. That, that that there's a possibility to start killing patients mm-hmm. that the where the line between someone who is suffering and wants to die and some you know person that doesn't under, you know just some old person that gets badgered into it by their you know selfish kids or a doctor that you know 
wants to catch in their organs for something. I mean, there's all kinds of ways you can invent for people to die, for doctors to manipulate this their own ends, mm-hmm. if you start letting doctors take the lives of people. How, how is that any different than... Why can't a doctor right now say, oh, this guy elected for surgery, and we're taking him into surgery, oh, he died. Oops, let's harvest his organs. Well, because I guess in that kind of situation is that he has to do it clandestine. I mean, it's he he, it's, he has to run it as a black operation. Mm-hmm. Kind of like the difference between what's, what's the difference between a drug dealer in a legal society and a drug dealer in a legal society? Well, a legal society, they carry guns and they fight over turf and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, there's there's... The practice of pushing it underground, I guess, makes it harder to do and uh, more risky for the doctor, especially since there's usually other doctors in the operating room, too, and nurses, and they see them just blatantly, like, you know, shoot the person full of, you know, barbiturates or morphine, and it's like, doctor, you just killed that patient. No. <laughs> <laughs> don't pay attention to me as I harvest his organs. All right. So I was like, I guess that's the only thing I can say about it. But it seems like there's a way to solve that problem. Like maybe you have to sit through, maybe you have to go to two different independent, you know, uh, therapists or like, like we're doing psychologists with right now. Um, and, and have them actually make sure that you're, you know, sane and you're in your own right mind and away from any family or friends and it's just you and them. So they can, you know, you have to unequivocally, maybe there's gotta be a waiting period of like, you know, you have to at least wait seven days between the decision before it can take effect. Mm-hmm. Maybe, you know, I don't know how you would do it, but as a person not my grandfather on my father's side died of Alzheimer's and it's got to be the worst way. Oh yeah, to die imagine. because it's so slow, and mm-hmm. at the end of it, the person that used to be there is gone, mm-hmm. utterly gone, and it's 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 not just a toll on the person who's lost their mind and their dignity, but it also all the family that loved them and cared for them has to deal with this shell of a person yeah. who acts like a child and who's completely unreasonable and physically abusive and emotionally abusive because they you know it's it's just awful and so, on top of that they have alzheimer's on top of that they have <laughs> alzheimer's so it's uh it's it's like i said i i find i can understand there's some problems um philosophically and especially you know you got some people that are just black and white like you got to protect life cradle to grave oh screw that no especially when you're conscious enough to make the decision yourself yeah well, it, it's age of consent as far as I'm concerned. Right. When you hit 18, you have the option to die. Yeah. Yeah, and I like I know uh, Mad Brew, uh, we talked about this, and he's, like, extreme about it. He's like, yeah, you should be able to die anytime you want. Yeah, I agree. And, and I think there sad. are workarounds, like you said, yeah, because it, we can put in place. And the other thing is, like, you know, because Dr. Kevorkian just died last week. Oh, did he? Yeah, yeah he's that's like the, real sad. He's the... <laughs> He's the biggest one in the United States was kind of bringing this to the forefront. So. Sure, sure. But it's like, you know, if you wanted – if you're in a situation – like if I had Alzheimer's and it would progress to enough to where – because the, the other thing that's sad about it is that you might be out of it for a month, but you might have three hours where your brain synapses align mm-hmm. uh, enough that you can have a couple moments of lucidity. And I remember my grandfather would basically beg for death hmm. during those moments of lucidity. Yeah. And – I think that, like, the way I see it is, is, like, during the first moment of lucidity I had when I realized, I would just, like, eat a gun. Yeah. But what sucks about that is then you leave, like, a, you know, headless corpse for your family to, you know, to pick up. And that's kind of traumatic, too. I just think... Uh, there, 
less de- uh, devastating ways to go. I don't know, man, because I've actually I'm more I'm a morbid fucking person. I've actually researched not because I, I've never had suicidal thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. So don't call don't don't call any professionals, listeners. Boop, 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 but I've actually boop, researched several boop, different ways to die, and you it's it's amazing how unfoolproof a lot of ways to die are. <laughs> Unless you caught a doctor, like you yeah. know, shooting yourself full of yeah. morphine is foolproof. probably a great way to go. Too. Yes, but I don't have yeah. access to a shitload of morphine. Sure. I do have access to shotgun shells. Uh, and uh, well, I'm wondering, like, you could just park yourself in your garage with the the exhaust running into your car, right? Yeah, just I don't go know. To sleep. I've heard that that's it. not that's not necessarily um, a sure thing either. Really, it takes a long time. Well, and, it depends on if anybody finds you. Yeah, and catalytic converters are so good nowadays. And, <laughs> You know, places yeah, aren't as airtight as you think, and you know, you could just get brain damage if someone finds you. Like yeah. it's like there's like it's it's problematic. Yeah, you know, there's not a, a, a easy way for clean death. I mean, hanging yourself, my God, that doesn't look fun. Oh no, not at all. So, uh, uh, Harry Carey or Sapuku or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> that's tall, not tall good. building. Tall, no man, I'd like. Yeah. Like, but again, the, you, I don't. I don't want to traumatize everybody on the street. Some fat, hairy guy <laughs> exploding like a watermelon in front of them. They got kids walking down. Like you know, if I was taking Jack down at a stroll downtown, it was a beautiful day, and all of a sudden, his wet sack of meat that used to be a person exploded on the sidewalk. <laughs> that'd bring you down a little bit. A little bit. I don't want to do that. <laughs> oh man, that'd be horrifying. Uh, okay, so is that all you have to talk about, Doctor Kavorkian? Um, well, I'm excited to see his. I'm, ex- I'm excited to see his um, documentary when it comes out. Yeah, definitely. Hopefully, his... hopefully, it can change some minds. We can figure out some way to uh, you know make this uh, a little bit more huma- humane, humanitarian. All right, I'm sure. going to bring. I brought the cast down. I'm going to bring it back up. You did. Okay. I have a recommendation. If you have Twitter and you're looking for something to put on your timeline, I've been following this, uh, uh, of Bill Simmons' recommendation, this uh, humble brag okay. user. What, what is that? All right. So a humble brag is a person that's bragging about something, but they're doing it in like a passive aggressive way to make it seem like they're not bragging. Okay. I'll give you an example to illustrate the concept. Yes, um, please do. And these are all famous people or they're models or they're singers or something. And they, this, this, this retweets these humble brags. Hmm, okay. Okay. One guy said, um, I'm at the head of a table with Jay-Z, Beyonce, and um, uh, Bono. Who let me into this party? <laughs> okay. Okay. Like, he's basically like, look at all these famous people on myth, but I don't belong yeah, here. Yeah, why am I here? How did I get in here? Instead of just saying, like, wow, how cool is it that I'm at a party with all these famous people? You got to be like, oh, I don't, you know... You're bragging, but you're trying to be humble about it. Yeah. And you end up coming across as an insufferable douchebag. Or it's like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to make rent this month because I just bought a new BMW or right. something. <laughs> yeah. Right, right, um, right. Here's, here's another one. Um, oh, yeah, I got elected to Mince as a local, uh, local executive committee. Not sure what that means. It means you're fucking intelligent, douchebag. Don't act like you, you're a fucking Mensa member. Don't act like you don't understand what two standard deviations above the norm means. God damn. Um, here's another one. This was from, um, I think it might have been from Bieber or some dumbass from MTV. It says, uh, watching my brother graduate from Andover today. So proud it's silly. More important than MTV awards, but thank you all for, uh, to all who voted for me. <laughs> okay. What the hell? You're like... Is that like uh You're like award-whoring 
during a congratulation to your brother for graduating college, who's probably not as famous as you. <laughs> Did that come from Kanye? Is that who that's from? I don't know. This uh, this one girl, I didn't recognize. Um, and I didn't save any of these people's names because that's not what's important. Yeah. Um, but this was a model. She said, I told my, by my agent I didn't look like a girl who drinks beer, but ad agencies disagree. These are my problems right now. Yeah, it's a problem that you have ad agencies wanting to start in beer commercials. Yeah. I, I don't know how you get by a day with that kind of problem. All right. Um, another one. Uh, tr- th- and this is like well, someone's bragging about something that's kind of pathetic, and they're still trying to be humble about it. True story. On Halloween about five years ago, I changed into a cat costume at Joan Rivers' house. What a silly <laughs> life. It's so silly. It's so silly and random. My life is just silly and random. It's a random, silly thing. That's pretty silly and random. Don't hate me because I changed into a cat at Joan Rivers' house. God. But, like, I love it. It's like it really feeds my dark. It makes my dark heart beat when I see these famous people humble bragging. Mm, I don't know. I'm not. I got to say I'm not a huge fan of the humble brag. It doesn't do much for me. Really? It's not that funny. It's not nearly as funny as, like, no, shit my dad says or the one that's uh, that he told his dad was a search engine. His dad's typing shit in there like old man socks or something. Oh, God. Or like, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I forget exactly what he's typing, but all sorts of that weird shit. That does sound awesome. No, like, it's not funny in like that way. It's funny like watching retarded people on American Idol that think they're good. Yeah, no, I and, I understand why it would be funny. It's just not okay. that funny to me. Okay, well, uh, go fuck yourself. <laughs> proper response. Mm-hmm. All right, is that it? Is that I all you think, got for bullshit? Um, yes, I I can I can bring some more because we don't have any feedback this week. We don't, so I'm it's, pretty sure it might be a short show, but we've been trying to shorten it anyway. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and uh, I'm gonna look for some feedback because we might have some because we're with all these fucking you know uh, what do you call the the, the can cast the You're juice cast tonight, the can man. juice. You can't I'm not, remember I'm, anything. You can't speak. You can't. I don't think. know what the deal. It's been a rough week at work. <laughs> Apparently so. Yeah, this is this is an awful cast. And you're I would only stop half a right beer now. in, man. I know. I would stop listening now. Yeah, I'm no, gonna it's going to get good from here. This is the point where we realize I'm, how bad it is. Because I'm turning the wheel over to you. I'm going to look for some right. feedback while you, you talk about the premise of your first meet. Hey, topic. everybody! It's the Jim Jones <laughs> Show. Welcome, uh-huh. welcome. Uh, okay, so I want to talk about Super Eight. I just okay. saw this movie. It's the J.J. Abrams, written and directed by. Um, just saw it last night. And I think I will assume here that everyone has seen the previews, but I will not assume that they have seen the movie, so I'll try not to spoil it. All right. Was it super? Uh, It was not very super. It was not super? But it was very much eight. (laughs) Okay. I don't know what that means. Um, So everyone knows it's a monster movie, right? Um, But that's pretty obvious in the trailers. It's like something something is happening. Okay. Um, So I went into this thinking... E.T., because that is what I had been, it had been compared to with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, people were saying, oh, it's like a 80s kids adventure movie, except modern day. Um, well, the movie itself is set in the 80s. Okay. So um, there are no, like, cell phones or internet. Everybody's on, like, walkie-talkies. They're driving these old cars. Um, it may not actually be set in the 80s. It might be set in the 70s, but I'm not positive on that. Uh, All right. But it was... Several decades ago, anyway. If it's Spielberg, because that's supposed to be, I guess it's supposed to be a homage to Spielberg movies in the 80s, like E.T. Yes. and Close mm-hmm. Encounters. And if so, I hope it's set in the 80s. 
Um, I would hope so, but I couldn't exactly tell from the cars because I saw a few VW vans rolling oh, around. See, if I was which, there, I could tell like that. I, I'm sure you I'm could. I'm a car yeah. dude. Although I noticed with these cars, not very many of them looked new. Most of them looked really old. Really? Yeah. So I'm wondering what was up with that. There was one car in the movie that looked brand spanking new, and it belonged to some stoner film developing kid. It was just like, okay, this kid's obviously selling drugs. He has a brand new car and he develops film part time. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, so, so it's a monster movie and I have to give it to him. The monster, most monsters look humanoid at least. I don't know if they do that so we can like identify with the monster or whatever, Mm -hmm. but they didn't go humanoid with this one very much. If you um, had to pin an oid to it, what would it have been? Insectoid? Plantoid? The, rockoid? The noid, like dominoes. Oh, no, really? no, no, no. Um, wow, I don't know. Inhumanoid? Inhumanoid, yeah. That's my favorite 80s cartoon, by the way. That's an 80s cartoon? Inhumanoid. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. I was thinking Encino Man. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, we have an episode coming up on that. No, mm-hmm. we don't. Um, it was an inhumanoid, huh? Yeah, yeah, it was not humanoid. Um, but the the E.T. references are, I think, apt in a lot of places. Um, there are a lot of references to it, like bikes that are moving through the air in one way or another. Um, some stuff I can't talk about because it would probably give away too much. Uh-huh. Um, but the actual face of the monster, I felt, looked a lot like E.T. Okay. Like, it, the the Wait. creature was not humanoid, but it had features much you're, like E.T. You're talking about a, a, a humanoid creature, a humanoid creature that looked like E.T., who's, like, very cute. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> this <is> ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Earthcore, I hope! Oh Earth god, core. I forgot how I stupid that, that was. Anyway, yeah, so, this is, so, so it's a humanoid mind with with ET's face. Get not the fuck not out. ET's face, but features that resemble ET. Like like binoculars. At one point, it opens its eyes, and it looked exactly like ET's eyes because he has very human eyes, like human looking eyes with the Ooh, that can be pupils creepy. and the iris and everything. Right. Yeah, so this was a thing looked like that. Do you have wrinkly nutsack skin? Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, he was one big nutsack. That's why he's not human. <laughs> he's just a huge nutsack. Uh, and there were some Goonies comparisons that I noticed too. Like um, the the cast of characters, the kids in it, really made me immediately think Goonies when I saw them because they were. I don't know. There aren't a whole lot of those adventure movies that I remember where there were like a gang of kids that were on this adventure. Well, like Stand like By Me. I heard it got some Stand By Me um, I don't know comparison. Oh, really? It's when yeah. Will Wheaton and River Phoenix where they go along the train tracks to see the dead body. No, no. So, really? Will Wheaton. Yeah. River Phoenix. Wow. And, and who's the guy that ended up banging uh, Mystique from X-Men? Harrison Ford. No, he was <laughs> in that... Uh, he was in that uh, sliders. John Stamos? No sliders. Oh, uh, Jerry O'Connell. Yeah, he played the fat kid in that movie. Oh, that's right. Stand yeah. by me. I've heard of it. I haven't seen it. Oh crap! Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I need to. I need to check that out. You're a horrible, horrible human being. I know. Um, anyway, but the the interesting thing about it was that they've got a fat kid in it, right? And mm-hmm. you know, in Goonies, the fat kid was the comedy. They relief. fed him to the animal, right? Yeah, they did the dance the truffle shuffle, the truffle shuffle, yep, yeah. truffle shuffle. Um, in this, the fat kid was not some bumbling idiot. He really? was not really the comedy relief. Um, he was actually the go getter. Like he's making a movie, and 
he's like directing and producing and he's doing everything. Oh, you know? uh, that's why it's called Super 8. Exactly, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Film format. <laughs> um, I made a stop motion uh I made a stop motion movie claim like junior high. Well, it was I used Lego guys and a blob of Play-Doh to actually mm. be a blob. Yeah. And it enveloped the, this like is a police a Lego guy on a police bike rode up and got enveloped by a <laughs> yellow blob of Play-Doh who then spit out the poli- empty police helmet onto the street. Nice. It was like a 30 second student project. Sweet. Directed by Aaron Hubbard. Yeah. <laughs> Super 8. That sounds a lot like a JJ Abrams type name. You can yeah. be famous. Oh yeah. Uh, so I thought that was interesting that they didn't play the fat kid as the bumbling idiot that they do in a lot of other movies. Um, the the problem I had with this movie because I enjoyed most of it. It it had a lot of action. It had some fun parts, but I really don't understand who the movie is for. Because um, it plays itself as a kid's adventure, right? And with all the comparisons to ET and stuff, I kind of expected that going in. It's like, okay, we're going to sit down and have a fun time for two hours. But there are scenes of extreme violence. Yeah. Like, extreme right. violence. Um, the There's cursing, mm-hmm. like, all over the place. But there's uh, cursing in E.T. But th- did they ever drop an F-bomb in no, E.T.? No, they did <laughs> all right. not. But ba- well, back in dropped- the early 80s, saying, like, eat a dick was sure. kind of like, you know, probably equivalent to hearing an F-bomb dropped by little kids nowadays. <laughs> And these were little kids, right? That. How old were these kids? Um, they looked, I would say, somewhere between... Early teens? 13 to 15. All right. Maybe. All right. So yeah. they're, they're pubescent. So they're probably learning all about, like, ass and shit and mm-hmm. stuff like that. But to drop a loud, hardcore so, so F-bomb naive. on them, that, that's pretty brutal. Um, so not a kid's movie there. And the other thing I noticed in E.T., mm-hmm. he, he's not running away from death. He's not he's not trying to avoid death at every turn. He just doesn't want to get in trouble. He doesn't want ET to be captured. Right. There there's nothing that's trying to crush and mutilate Elliot while he's rolling down the street with ET on his bike. I guess that's true. In Although government movie, agents with guns were hunting them down. Yeah, but they weren't going to shoot Elliot. He was never in danger of being gunned down in the street. Yeah, streets. you're right. Caught and having ET in taken this, away. There are explosions mm-hmm. there are co- it's constant threat of death mm-hmm. they're not going to get in trouble they're going to get fucking killed right that to me does not feel like a lighthearted kids action adventure see and what's weird is like the guys from penny arcade and scott um kurtz from pvp online went to see it and they mm-hmm. loved it i know will wheaton loved it and they're loved all it? they're all my age and i wonder if an extra five because we're i'm about Four to five years older than mm-hmm. you, and I'm at the. I, I just wonder if those extra years would, because I think the target audience is people mm-hmm. like J.J. Abrams that grew up watching the Spielberg stuff. I grew and up now, watching the Spielberg stuff. Yeah, but 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 now they're actually so so. It's uh, the target audience is for us, I guess. But they're looking for people. There, it's not for you know you to take. Your eight-year-old do the problem. Here's here's it's another for, problem for for okay. grown-ups to go and see like a mature Spielbergian. But that's homage. wrong. That's wrong. Um, because this has it. It plays to the kid's sense of adventure, but it plays to it in a way that is very, very modern, very generation after mine. Um, if you're 17 years old, you probably love this movie. Um, well, maybe that's who it's for then. Uh, case in point, there's the the fat kid who's the director is 
apparently trying... J.K. Abrams. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's so bad. Uh, He's apparently trying to coin this phrase because he says it like four times over the course of a minute. He constantly says, oh, that's mint, to mean like... This is really cool, or this is good. Yeah, or and no universe. That's mint. And, and was that ever a popular catchphrase? Ever, never yeah. in the eighties. No, mm-hmm. and currently for my generation, it's not. I think what they're trying to do is hook thirteen to seventeen year olds on this phrase, and that sounds weird. Like, what would a phrase do for you? But that's what it felt like to me because they mentioned it over and over, rapid fire. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's supposed to be like the go getter, cool kid. But interesting, because Urban Dictionary weird. has an entry for mint. Hmm. It means nice or cool. Man, that, <laughs> man, that shit is mint. Yeah. <laughs> is, it's is its usage. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure, like, some people have said it in the past, but it's not right. been a thing ever. No, yeah. I, that I've ever heard. I'll, I'll co-sign that. Um, the other weird thing they did with language, did anyone even know what douche meant in the 80s? Oh, come on. In, like, the early 80s? Yes. E.T., 1984? I knew what douche... I had never heard the word until... Do you realize douche is an actual... It's, it's not I, yes, just an insult. Yes, I fucking know what it is. Okay. <laughs> and Jesus those have Christ. been around for a while. Uh, I know. Calling someone douchebag has been it, around for a while. Like, how long? I knew... I've, I, 30 I first, years? I can remember fifth grade was the year I fat discovered <laughs> douche and dildo. See, I discovered dildo early, but not douche. Yep, douche and dildo in fifth grade. It was, it was mm. a banner year. I've never heard that. And I think it, I heard the F-bomb odd, but I guess. the year. I think I heard the F-bomb for the first time in, in sixth grade a year later. Hmm. Yep, All douche right, and dildo. Well, maybe I remember the big, time uh, I went thing. in, maybe I came off the school too. bus, because I didn't know. I just heard kids saying it. I said, Mom, what's a dildo? And she, like, dropped the fucking pan she was drying, <laughs> face blanched. Where yeah. did you hear that word? Oh, shit. Where did you hear? Why do parents ask kids yeah, that? Yeah, right. They like, fucking hear it everywhere. Yeah, like like there's like a certain bad kid from the wrong side right? of the tracks yeah. that you can go and you're like, not hanging out with Joey anymore. Right, right. Yeah, he's got a potty mouth. Right, little Mitchy from the wrong side of the tracks. Just, right. Yeah. No, it's everyone at school says fuck all the time. Now they do. Yeah, sure. Yeah. So I, yeah, I don't know. I just I didn't know that douche was a thing back in the eighties. So when you didn't like it, was it just the tonal disconnect? Yeah. Was the plot interesting? Were the special effects good? Was Um, the acting? I heard that the child actors were really good. The child actors were phenomenal. And I found that that I've been paying more attention to that of late. Child actors specifically or acting? Yeah, because I realize how tough it is for a child actor to be good. Oh, God. It's got to be... Like, like you compare, like, Jake Lloyd from The Phantom Menace and whoever the fat kid was from Avatar that ruined the movie. I don't... Never saw um, it. M. Night Shyamalan. Oh, that one. But the other fat kid that actually starred in it. To, like, the, the, the performances of the kids from The Wire... Uh, yeah, yeah, and like you're gonna see, mm. like there's some really good kid perf- performances in Game of Thrones and this movie. It's like mm. you know, it's very hard to act as a child without seeming like you're acting. Well, and part of it is not having the experience, not understanding the emotions. Yeah. You know, sure. So I, yeah, it's very difficult. And those kids were phenomenal. Probably takes a lot of good directing. Uh, I'm sure. Yeah, because they don't have the experience. I, they probably just told them, "You're not getting your candy bar after the scene." <laughs> <laughs> right. I want my if candy you, bar. If you act the shit out of the scene, I'll let you look at my Playboy collection. <laughs> <laughs> That's how they motivated the boys. Um, just speaking like, of the fuck, boys, fuck you, Abrams. I got internet <laughs> <laughs> on my BlackBerry or That's on right. my iPhone. Hello, yeah. Japanese scat porn right here. <laughs> Screw you and your hustler. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that. The, speaking of 
Innocence Lost. Uh, that was a seminal moment in more than one way. Oh, my, God. Like, seeing my first Playboy, uh, getting in my uncle's Playboy connect- collection, that was like, oh, my God, naked women. Yeah. My son's going to see naked women way sooner than that. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Because, like, I'm not, I'm going to try to be a responsible parent with the internet, but if my kid's got half a brain and it seems like he does, he's going to find a way around my shit. Because he's a sure. he'll be a horny prepubescent boy, and he'll you know. Or there's a will, there's a way. Or there'll be some shitty parent that's got his kids bringing in, yep. you know, gigabytes of porn on his It'll iPhone. Be Joey down the street who says, "Yeah, Douche little all the Mitchie, time. little Mitchie from the wrong side of the tracks, that <laughs> fucker." Showing my boys porn. <laughs> uh, one of the kids in there. Do you remember the show Freaks and Geeks? Yes, from I do. Mid nineties. Yes, I do. Yeah. Yes. Um, the super super geeky one, like the tall the tall one from the, yep. the younger group. Yep. The kid, one of the kids in this looks exactly like. Are you him sure it's not the same scenes. guy? Well, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I I actually thought it was, it was for like a, a second, Ralph but then Macchio. I was like, man, he's like thirty years old now. So, yeah, well, my girlfriend pointed that out to me. She was like, no, he's like four hundred years old. Right. Were but you, yeah, he looks exactly like him. Were Were you over last like two weeks ago when we watched Karate Kid three? The Rift Tracks version of that? No, no, you watched it after we left. Oh my we watched, god, um, Ralph Macchio. <laughs> anyway, um. <laughs> <laughs> Ralph Macchio flashbacks. Well, it's like because we were Macchio. making a joke that like there was no script. Like the director just said, you know, Ralph, be Macchio. Start kvetching like a New York Brooklyn boy <laughs> for like five solid minutes, and uh, Miyagi oh. just sit there and gape your jaw at him because that's what it was like. This guy would just go like like Kramer from Seinfeld if he had to carry five minutes of di- dialogue. Oh God, it's just this rambling mess. Yeah, again, he, and he wasn't a child actor. He was like thirty in that movie. <laughs> Or like this podcast. Also, in Karate Kid 3, no real karate. No? No. None? None at all. No there's karate. Some, there's some Tai Chi and like 30 seconds of fighting at the end. <laughs> that is the, it's got it's one of the most ludicrous movies I've ever seen. That's awesome. It's like a fever dream. I kind of want to watch it. I, listeners, you got to check it. It's like whatever... Okay, the way sometimes the best way to define something is by its opposite. Well, I can perfectly define badass... By saying it's not karate, anywhere in Karate Kid Three. <laughs> nice, no badass to be found. Yep, yep. It's the op. It's the anti badass. It's the badass kryptonite. It Ralph is. Macchio is badass kryptonite. It's not just a regular green kryptonite that kills you. It's like the red or orange kryptonite that fucks you up. I'm gonna make a shirt with Ralph Macchio's picture that says "badass kryptonite." <laughs> <laughs> that's 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 a bald move T-shirt idea. Three point yeah. Yep. All right, that's all I've got on Super Eight. Um, my rating of it, three out of five, because of the tonal awkwardness of it. Wow, that's actually surprisingly positive for all the shit you talked yeah. about it. No, because well, like I said, the phenomenal acting of the children went a long way. Um, Were you bored? A couple of the adults, I was not bored because there's been a couple no. of movies of late that I've been bored with, and that's like the worst thing I can say about a movie. If I'm fucking yeah. bored, that ugh. well, I wasn't bored. I was confused, and I would say. <laughs> If you're going into this movie, do not expect ET. Do not expect. And sounds like not. Kids don't take 80s your don't take your six or seven year old to it. Either. No, God, no, no. They'll like, be frightened out of their mind. Oh, because I'm thinking like a kid. If, if I was a parent and I just read a Spielbergian movie, I'm like, wow, that sounds really cool. You know, like ET, because uh-huh. that's what people are talking about it. it. That's what I thought. Yeah. So don't. Yeah, don't expect ET. That's All what right. I'm say. So. Meat. Let's hear it. Meat. Um, Show us your meat. So, ever since Sony got 
hacked. There's Sony got been hacked? what? Yeah. Um, there's been a, a a tidal wave, a tsunami, a tornado, an avalanche. Would you say? Not so much an avalanche. Let's <laughs> no. stick with tornado. A, tor- right. a tornadic activity of hacker um, and cracker. I guess if you want to use the, the word, yeah. people that are you know black hat hackers. Um, and you know, Staffa has been doing yeoman's work on the forums, chronicling mm. these as they happen. I mean, everybody's been hacked. The CIA has been hacked. The Senate's been hacked. Yep. Sony has been hacked. Like every <laughs> branch of Sony, Sony movies, Sony online, yeah. Sony pictures, like Sony 17 tunes. different Sony sites I've heard. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, LulzSec got hacked. <laughs> Lul- yeah. Like, so <laughs> a lot of this, I, I, I guess LulzSec has been the one that's like the public face of doing a lot of this of late mm-hmm. and like Sega got hacked and then they said, well, we don't agree with that. We're Dreamcast fans. Let us know who hacked yeah. you and we'll attack back. And then some other hacker group hacked LulzSec and said that they mm-hmm. were not real hackers and yeah. And like I read an article that there was a C a CIO that paid a hundred thousand dollars to a hacking group to keep their company from being hacked. <laughs> what? And I'm like, where the fuck is this going? I need why, to start sending emails. Why did this all get touched off? Right now, do you yeah. think? Because I, I, I read another article that speculated that you know that we had an economic downturn, so there's a lot of programmers mm-hmm. that are out of work, and there's a lot of college age kids that have been mm-hmm. in CS programs that can't find a job and they're bored. And there's a lot of you know, like Sony is actively pissed off by taking away the other OS option, and they've pissed on homebrew, and they've people that have like done workarounds, they've they've tried to get thrown in jail and sue. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is touched off like, cause if you read the Lulzsec manifesto, they're basically, you know, hardcore, like Richard Stallman esque information wants to be to free. It's like kind yeah, of hack like the planet. Yeah. Like Malcolm X of the digital rights movement, like yeah. uh, free information at any cost. Like just they're crypt, like, like, um, uh, they're anarchists, mm-hmm. crypto anarchists. Um, where do you think this is going? Like, Wow. Uh, because well, I've, my vision, my vision of where it's going is is really where it's been. Um, anytime I think hacker, I automatically picture Dave Murphy from uh, Hackers. So like, it's gonna be a bubbly leather jacket. Yeah, it's gonna be cans of Jolt Cola programming on your four eighty six <laughs> with your. 2600 baud modem i think you're talking about where hacking has been <laughs> no that's where it's going it's, it's going, going back back, there, yeah. back to the future yeah the, the past is the future in hacking um i kind of see that there's some good to come of this because okay. like i think the pci restrictions and i've talked about this the, the pci the payment card industry that's that's made mm-hmm. in the last 10 years everybody comply with this data security standard the pci dss mm-hmm. has done a lot of good for the industry because while i think it's kind of stupid and there's a lot of arbitrary stuff it's made companies spend money on security yeah sure like five years ago you know where my company was at with firewalls and like the basic rudimentary of, of protection and password policies and all this stuff, mm-hmm. and where they are at now is, is uh, they've been forced to spend money on stuff they didn't want to spend. Sure, nobody ever wants to spend money on security. And I think that this new wave of hacking is going to make the systems that much harder because like they're using mm-hmm. stuff that pe- we've known about for a long time: SQL oh, yeah. injections. Unpatched machines, machines that are not under a firewall. <laughs> Query strings on URLs. <laughs> yeah, stuff that we've known about. Shit. But now it's kind of like, I think that security might be this decade's Y2K. Oh, God. The companies are going to spend a shitload of money to keep from being hacked, keep from being defaced. Mm-hmm. But I also think that 
there might be a new normal of like identity theft and we're going to look at identity theft and public defaced websites and stuff like that and accounts being stolen as kind of like the way we see graffiti now. <laughs> okay. Like you try to keep it down to a minimum, but you are going to accept that there's some corners that you're going to see graffiti on and there's going to, you know, it's just too, it's too cheap and easy for mm-hmm. someone to take a can of paint and tag something mm-hmm. that there's no way you could outspend and protect everything. So you're going to try to keep the stuff that's important protected and that stuff will be much better protected. Mm-hmm. But you know, we're, this stuff just might be a lot more common. Yeah. And it's just seen as a cost of doing business. Like these people paying hacker extortion. To me, that seems crazy. Like (laughs) if I did it, I'd do it once. I'd take a hundred thousand dollars and I paid a hacker and I'd take a hundred thousand dollars and I pay a security expert. And I said, and I'd said, next time these guys come calling, I want to be able to say, go fuck yourselves. Yeah. All right. Because it's kind of like the old thing about like, if you pay the Vikings not to ransack you, mm-hmm. you're not getting rid of the Viking because next season he'll be back oh, and yeah. wanting the money again. Yeah. It's the mafia. It's the, it's, it's yeah. Happens so, all the time. Right. So I, I think that things are going to get a lot beefier, a lot better. There's going to be a lot of, I mean, like now Google within the last month of rollout two factor authentication. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that. And, you know, Facebook has started doing some security stuff where I noticed that um, when I log into one location, it logs me out of another. And if I log into a new machine that I've never been on before, it wants to verify through email. Yeah. So, like, they're taking and, and they're moving everybody to HTTPS, mm-hmm. like SSL or, um, yeah, anyway. Yeah. Uh, to make sure that you don't have, like, the, what's that strawberry attack? Or Stra- fire, fire, fire sheep. Oh, yeah, yeah. So you're not vulnerable to fire sheep anymore. Um, So I kind of see it, all this hacking attacks and stuff is a good thing. See, the interesting part, I've heard an interesting thing, and this is going to go into conspiracy theory here. Uh Uh-oh. But I've heard some people suggest that LulzSec could actually be an effort by the government to justify a crackdown, like a hardcore crackdown, similar to, like, the drug war on computer hacking and well we saw how well that worked sure absolutely and i'm not arguing that it would work uh i'm not even arguing that this is true i'm just saying that's one thing i've heard what do you think about that i don't think that's true because i think there are enough hacker groups out there that would do it because they're idiots and there's so many automated tools nowadays i mean like yeah 10 years ago the the, like the uh, did you ever play around loft crack no um, it was, a, it was a tool made by this company called loft, um, L zero pht.com. I don't know if they're still in business or not, but it completely owned like windows 2000 era machines <laughs> Yeah, and just like cut through like, like, like hot butter. I ran that at a company. I worked at a time. I ran it on the network mm-hmm. and within five seconds, it had like half the passwords of everybody on the company. <laughs> Wow. Including the CEO, uh-huh. whose password was sex. <laughs> Love, God. S-E-X. Uh, password. Yeah. So, you know, that was about what they had 10 years ago. I'm sure the stuff they have now that will just automatically scan something and see, oh, this... Because, like, we've got that. We run this tool called Nessascan mm-hmm. um, every month against our entire network. And it basically runs a port scanner... That's also has a database of all known hacks, yeah. hacks mm-hmm. and r- instead of exploiting you, actually comes back with a report that says this, 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 and you've got these things that are red, these things are yellow, these things that are, yeah. you know, and then we go and p- make sure everything's patched. Uh, that's part of the PCI guidelines. Yeah. Um, 
I'm sure there's that version that actually just goes ahead and roots a system when it finds mm-hmm. it. So you know, if you got, you don't have to be that sophisticated to call to to, to hack some pretty large sites. Yeah, I mean that's totally true. Yeah, so you know, I think that it's going to help our overall security stance, but. Um, you know, it's going to be like the forest fire. You know, it burns and does a lot of destruction, but the forest grows back stronger than ever <laughs> on the back of all its burnt brothers. All right. I just wonder what – I don't know because it could go either way. It could be like the graffiti like you're saying. Or there could be an all-out drug war analogy here. There could be <sighs> a, a declaration of war against cyber criminals. The thing is, is – I mean, we've is... already got a, a internet czar, don't we? I do, For yeah. Fuck's sake. Because that's one of the knocks on Obama that he's created all, all these uh-huh. other czar positions, which I think is kind of bizarre. Yeah, bizarre. bizarre. He needs a bizarre czar. Bizarre, <laughs> bizarre, bizarre, bizarre. bizarre. <laughs> um, the problem with that is, like, okay, if I'm a Colombian drug lord and mm-hmm. I decide I want to be a Colombian drug lord, I got the problem of I got all this sweet, sweet cocaine that got to get to the United States somehow. Uh-huh. If I'm some fucking disaffected hacker in Soviet Russia. I just open up a connection to some fucker in the United States and start bank slamming him. You yeah, know? absolutely. There's like zero barrier to entry. Egyptian firewall, man. That's where we're headed. <laughs> Egyptian firewall? Yeah, or the, the Chinese firewall. Okay. Well, the Egyptians shut down the internet. Egyptian, the Chinese had the firewall. Egyptian Chinese. No, no, the Egyptians shut Middle down East, the internet Eastern. when they were rioting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude. I understand yeah. what you're saying. I understand. Uh, uh, yeah, we just we close off the country. I don't know. I just think that. Um, I think things are. Things are at a flashpoint here. Something is got to something has got to give because um, we've got, like I said, firewalls. People shutting down the internet. We've got um, IP stuff going on mm-hmm. everywhere. I mean, the the media companies are insane about it right now. We've got right. tons of new laws being made, and this is actually going to be interesting because we're recording a podcast tomorrow um, with yeah. Ian with Kinds uh, on. All this kind of stuff, right. IP law, and unless it gets canceled again, <laughs> uh, yeah, I, God, I hope it doesn't. Um, <laughs> but I think things are starting to come to a head. Like people are angry, governments are angry. Something has got to give here, and I, I hope it comes down in our favor. But I really doubt it's going to. I don't. There's so many ways. Like I was just, I've gone on this rant to the end time. Every single time I'm at a conference where we're talking security, mm-hmm. and there's some douchebag from the PCI or some guy that's consulting for them, I'm like. Um, I have a question. Why are we spending millions of dollars to change our security when you fuckers can implement a PIN number on credit card transactions and mm-hmm. nip all the shit in the bud? Yeah. Because the problem is you got a 16-digit number that if you got it, you can charge shit to people's account. Yeah. All right? Um, security is something you got, something you know. Mm-hmm. I got the physical cards, got the number on That's something I got. PIN number in my head that I can change anytime I want, and it should be something I know. That would stop 99% of it right then and there. Yeah. The fact that we use the fucking social security number as a, uh, you know, use, <laughs> An access code yeah, use my life as your own, with your own fictitious fantasy, get out of jail free card is ludicrous. Yeah. It was never intended to be that. So yeah. I think we could very quickly make the decision that like, okay, we're going to spend the money to stop this shit once and for all mm-hmm. and solve most identity, identity fraud and credit card fraud. Sure. I think we'll have to. Because, you know, the only reason that they haven't done now is because the cost of doing that is more, you know, it's like that expression. They say that whenever the pain of the, 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 of doing what you're still doing mm-hmm. is greater than the pain of change, you'll make yeah. the change. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. As it's, soon as it costs more yeah. to pay off hackers and to 
you know, pay on the defaulted stuff. Because mm. that's the other thing is right now the credit card merchants, when you know you've got your identity hacked or you reverse all the charges, mm-hmm. the merchants eat that. Oh yeah, yeah, and they're fucking innocent. Yeah, they did everything they did right, but in your shot, shit got stolen. You don't have to pay for it. The person that sold the goods to bad guy has to. Yeah, that's fucked up because the credit card companies basically sure. don't take any blame at all, and they take all these charges in. So yeah, no, I and I I think there just hasn't been enough hacking in uh, historically that they've had to do anything about it. Like you're saying, the pain wasn't great enough, right? Um, but with all this rash of hacking, I think things are coming to a head, and, and something's, yeah. something's going to happen. It's almost like the future moved too quick. You know, like 15 years ago, we didn't have a popular global network that allowed sure. all this, like, communication and, like, you know, a guy from Russia hacking into a bank in the United States. Yeah. Now we do. Mm-hmm. And we've got smartphones that do all this kind of stuff, and it's... But we also have the technological means to fix it. We're just using the same methods that were created in the 60s and 70s uh-huh. and not doing anything about it. Yeah. Trying to put it off as long as possible. So, I don't know. But I don't think this is just a matter of credit card numbers and things like that. I mean, w- with the IP stuff, right? that's also got to be dealt with. I mean, one way or another, oh, sure. whether it's through legitimizing services that will will effectively eliminate piracy for sure or making laws to crack down on it or whatever. Yep. All of this is kind of, it's coming together and something will have to be done one way or another. Agreed. So that's, that's all I have to say on that. That's all I got to say on that. That's all I have to say. That's all I have to say. <laughs> we could talk about hackers for another, we could talk about hackers 20 minutes or for another 20 minutes in the show. We could end the show. Let's end the show. <laughs> Let's end the show. All right. All right. <laughs> Where can you find us? Don't you normally uh, do this? I was playing the copy game. Oh, uh, oh, uh, yeah. I guess so. Uh, where can we find us? We can uh, Facebook dot uh, com slash bald move, Twitter dot com no, slash bald move. No, not slash bald move. At bald move. That's the proper terminology. At bald move. Blue yonder at bald move dot com. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're Our not website. just a site now. We're a fucking network, baby. Oh, yeah. We got the amazingly pulp show mm-hmm. talking about music, pop culture, comics, comic book movies, cool movies, all kinds of stuff. Uh, I actually really like that cast, J-Hat and Jazzy. Yeah, they did a review Jeff. of Super 8 as well, but mm-hmm. I had to skip it because I hadn't seen it at the time. So I'm going to uh, go back and listen now. Right. Episode 3. Um, our old friend Peter Street is yeah. keeping things hot over at PowerPlay. They just did a E E3 breakdown. Um, I haven't listened to their latest cast yet because I'm like way behind on cast. Oh, I have. So the kind of stuff. Um, so give our uh, other shows a, a, a chance. <laughs> <laughs> give peace a chance give them a chance uh we'd love to get uh if you click on our site on the itunes link um we'd love to get a review from you uh move up sure. the charts on itunes yeah um, we'd love to be followed and friended on facebook and twitter yep send us your feedback and sure. again uh we didn't get any feedback this this show um actually we did I, f- I forgot about that uh because the most important place that everybody seems to be leaving us feedback is on our forums at forums.baldmove.com and we got some feedback from the Seven Deadly Degrees of Bacon. Um, you know, Mad Brew, actually, who we've got an interview in the can. Mm-hmm. We're waiting to deploy it. Um, you know, we talked about last Seven Deadly Degrees of Bacon. Um, I found out that I'm actually only three degrees of bacon away. <laughs> yeah. Because my cousin was two. Yep. So the listeners are four. And then one one listener, Darth Paxa, said, well, like, if I've seen, like, you know, if, if I'm one degree of separation from Kevin... Listening to you talk about it on a podcast, and if I've seen him in a movie, I'm like one. Yeah, I'm like okay. So we're all ba- we're all bound together. He's like Kevin Bacon's the force. He's the universe. Oh my God, he's the, he's the force universe that binds us all together. 
Um, and it's funny. Me and Mad Brewer are the only people besides Staffa that have seen grandpas driving on highways. Yeah. With their little hover hover rounds. Yeah, I've not seen it. And he's like, if you ever see a person in a store on a hover round with an orange flag on a pole, that means it's 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 they they take it on road. What? <laughs> okay, because yeah. you have to have the flags. I guess to keep from getting your ass ran over. But he's like, that's huh. a dead giveaway. If you've got like you know a big old pole with a, and I've seen those in like malls and stuff with an orange sure. flag on it. Yeah, he drove that hover around there. <laughs> he drove it there. He drove it, man. Oh, he drove his wheelchair there. So thank you for that, Mad Brew and Darth Paxis. Um, I'm leaving anybody out. Nope, don't think so. So you and me and Stoffa were in there too, but Stoffa's a show host. Stoffa is a show host. He he's on Power Play, so he doesn't. He might not have. He might be abandoning Don's corner. I think so. This corner's ripe for the taking. Yeah, he's well up there with a couple, some muscle, some baseball bats, and a nine, <laughs> and you can own that corner. If anybody wants Stoffa's slot in the show, you can own the Don's us. corner. You just kick, you just push him off, muscle him off. Except the PA guys. Those guys, no, sorry. No, nah, I've got them your own the show. corner. Really? You give funny. it like Jesse or Eric's corner? They gave me like five minutes of their show today, man. Yeah, but that's once in a while. Once in a while? I don't want them dictating our accents. That's oh, the problem. Oh, yeah, because they could really... That's that's our weakness. Yeah. That's our kryptonite. Yeah. Green kryptonite. that kill us. <laughs> um, All right. That's I think we've, we've stretched this out about as far as we can. Yep, that's about going to do it for Ooh, Blue Yonder. Old school. Old school outro. With that said, until next time, I'm Jim Jones. And I'm Aaron Hubbard. Ciao.